Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. So great to have you here with us on Tuesday, April 4th. 2023 super excited to be talking about everything going on in the life of duke basketball in the life of duke athletics on today's show we're going to be talking about these decisions that have yet to come for the duke men's basketball team whether or not players will return for next season all of that set to be discussed throughout our show here today if you haven't done so already please follow us on twitter at lo underscore blue devils follow me on twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Also be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and written review. Make sure you watch us on YouTube each and every day. Subscribe on our YouTube channel as well. Without further ado, I'm so thrilled to bring on my good pal, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. And Kevin, I wish we had more news to talk about today regarding the future of the Stuke men's basketball team. But alas, on this Tuesday, we continue to wait. We continue to wait. It feels like it's coming um, with the national championship and the season wrapping up last night. Um, it feels like it's just a matter of time before um, these final three decisions are made. But we continue to wait for that official word for it to come down from the players and from uh, the Duke basketball program. All right, to summarize what we know so far, three decisions have already been made. Tyrese Proctor will return for his sophomore season, as will Mark Mitchell. Proctor and Mitchell set to return for Duke men's basketball. Dariq Whitehead announces that he will declare for the 2023 NBA draft. How do you feel about all three of those decisions, Kevin? I think mostly expected. I think that's kind of what the feeling was. Um, I know there was some... Um, intrigue around Proctor, given how he finished the season, especially in that game against Tennessee, um, which we touched on last week. But um, you have to feel like it's coming anytime you have these five-star freshmen rolling in um, to Duke. You kind of always expect most of them to leave after one season. Um, that hasn't been the case in in some capacities over the last couple of years. But um, this year, it certainly feels like the most question marks around this freshman class um, that I can remember in, in a couple of years. No, excited to see what this freshman class will look like because, like you said, there is so much excitement with those guys coming in. And now the idea that we'll have a couple of guys at least returning is something we did not see this past season, right? John Shire, you look at year one uh, with what he was able to do, only having Jeremy Roach and Jalen Blakes come back and Blakes barely playing at all as a freshman. It's already going to be entirely different that you've got two guys with meaningful minutes that are going to come back, going to help set the standard. Ryan Young is a great locker room guy who's coming back as well to add front court depth for this Duke team. So some of the guys that they do already know for a fact are coming back. That's really exciting to see. Yeah, exactly. And you go back to last year, it was more of the fresh, that freshman class was NBA ready. I mean, the one big decision that everybody was hanging on was Trevor Keels. And it went down to what the final half hour before um, players had to either withdraw their name from the NBA draft to maintain their eligibility or keep it in and go through the process. And he kept it in and he went through that process and eventually was picked in the second round by the Knicks and has had a, a decent season um, in the G League 
um, for the Westchester Knicks. But um, it feels like this year maybe a little bit more cut and dry with Derek Whitehead already going in, um, Tyrese Proctor and Mark Mitchell coming back. Um, to me, it feels like the biggest question mark surrounds Jeremy Roach. Um, just because as of right now, I don't really see him projecting to the NBA level. Um, now, I could be wrong on that, just in terms of, of when you look at NBA-dominant uh, point guards, it's either they, they can really score the ball, they can really shoot the ball, uh, great distributor, or they're a great defender. And I think Jeremy Roach is very good at a lot of those things, but I don't see him being great necessarily at one of those aspects that would make him um, a first-round pick. I could see a team taking a chance on him in the second round, but I would think he would spend a lot of time um, in the G League next year should he um, – go that route, or he could also um, try to pursue a career overseas or something like that. There's many options for him should he not return to Duke. Yeah, the sentiment is that, hey, we, we figured Jeremy Roach was going to be heading out. There are a lot of guards coming in and Tyrese Proctor coming back. Uh, that decision still hasn't been made yet. It feels as though if you read message boards, if you look at the Duke fans on Twitter, a lot of people starting to think that maybe Jeremy Roach is thinking about this a little bit. I think the biggest thing in all of this with the decision uh, like one to possibly leave Duke. Once you leave, that door closes, right? Like it, it, that's just totally unprecedented that that door all of a sudden is going to be opened back up, particularly once you declare for professional ranks and once you decide, you know what, I'm ready to start that pro career, then your eligibility is out the door to be the amateur athlete at the NCAA level. So that's got to be weighing heavy with uh, this decision for Jeremy Roach, knowing that, uh, all right, once I walk out of that door, I do need to understand that my time as an active Duke basketball player is done. Yeah, and it feels like Duke uh, in previous years has really been very cut and dry with this player is testing the waters and going to maintain his el eligibility, and that always was a sign that he's coming back. Or this player is 100% declaring for the draft, thanks for your year, thanks for your two years, and good luck in the ranks. Or player X is returning to Duke. I, the, the one outlier is last year with Trevor Keels that just it felt like everybody was in the dark. No one knew what he was going to do before he eventually um, stayed in the draft. Um, for Jeremy Roach, it, it's tough because um, I wouldn't label him as one of the Duke greats yet. I mean, he certainly had his moments in March, which has elevated his Duke status. Um, but he, he's you want senior point guards. You want that's what you want. You want seniors with experience. Um you want someone who's stuck around for four years. Feels like that's what Duke fans have always been clamoring for. It's where the four-year players go, where the JJ Reddicks go, and the Bobby Hurleys go, and all these players. And obviously, the game is is in a different place right now than it has been in previous years. But um, it, it's always that fine line that Duke fans want the multi-year players, but they also want the instant gratification of landing these big five-star prospects and winning championships and national championships and ACC championships. So it's that fine line that people are trying to walk and see how things go. Lockdown Blue Devils here today on this Tuesday, talking about the future of the Duke men's basketball team, big decisions set to be made by Duke in terms of uh, whether or not players will be going or staying for another season. Kyle Filipowski, Derek Lively, the second, they've got decisions to make. We'll talk about that after our first time out here on today's show. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the absolute best 
tasting protein bars that you're ever going to find out there on the planet. My personal favorite is the cookies and cream bar. I absolutely adore the cookies and cream bar. I think you should as well. These bars are only 130 calories, just 17 grams of protein, and just awesome, awesome stuff when you make Built Bar a part of your daily life. You can go to Built.com to order yours. Go to Built.com, check out their amazing flavors of bars and puffs. Again, very high in calorie, uh, very high in protein, I should say, low in sugar, and covered again in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar, a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Welcome back into Locked On Blue Devils here today. JJ Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Tell me a little bit about your website, Kevin, what you guys got cooking over there. Well, at Ball Durham, we got all things Duke Athletics. Um, obviously, we're all over the offseason content of who's coming back, who's leaving, who's transferring. Um, obviously, now officially in the college basketball offseason, ton of recruiting and obviously um, NBA playoffs inching closer as well. So we'll have all that covered for the former Blue Devils that make the NBA playoffs. Um, so we got it all. We got it all covered over there at Ball Durham. Yeah, a good number of Duke guys getting set for the NBA playoffs. Maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later in today's show. But looking at Kyle Filipowski, Derek Lively II, two freshmen this past year for the Blue Devils that still need to make a decision about whether or not they want to start their pro career or play a sophomore season of college basketball. Starting with Kyle Filipowski, what decision do you think is coming? Oh, man, you start with the hard one first. (laughs) Um, It's it's tough. You're trying to read the tea leaves and – a lot of people connected within the Duke basketball program believe he's returning. Um, then you read uh, some of these national college basketball experts in their pre- way too early preseason top 25 polls, and a lot of them have little excerpts that um, Duke has already lost Derek Whitehead and are expected to lose Kyle Filipowski and Derek Lively as well. So then you look at that and you're like, all right, who has the scoop here? Who's, who's, who's rolling with things more? Um, I tend to believe that as of right now, things are trending that Flip's going to return to Duke for a sophomore year. Now, obviously, that can change. There's a lot of balls in the air and a lot of things that can still happen. Um, it's a fluid situation, but um, I'm tending to be on the side of the fence that Kyle Filipowski is going to return to Duke for his sophomore season. And you got to remember that when Kyle Filipowski entered Duke, it was always the expectation that he was going to be a multi-year player. And then this, the success that he had this year, which I don't want to say it was surprising, but it wasn't expected from every all the reports you heard out of training camp and preseason workouts and preseason practice, was that um, Flip was really struggling. He was struggling with that transition from the high school game to the college game. Um, but his outstanding season has put him in this position where he can declare for the NBA draft. He can come back to Duke and try and capitalize on NIL. Um, there's a lot of options for him right now, but I'm on the side of the fence right now that Flip's going to be coming back to Duke for a sophomore year. And that'd be massive if Kyle Filipowski makes that decision. Uh, I, I was firmly in that camp as well. As you said, the longer this plays out, you really start to think the opposite. Maybe he is, in fact, going to start his pro career. We're seeing mock drafts with him in the first round Um, We can have a breakdown of that in the weeks to come and that sort of thing. But if he's getting first round grades already, like that's that's really tricky to think that he would walk away from that potentially, although it is a much 
um, weaker draft next season. So maybe there's the idea of firmly inserting yourself as a lottery pick. I don't know. Basically, the longer this goes, the more confused we're going to all be in regards to what the future plans are for Kyle Filipowski. Well, the, the biggest question I think would be is if you're Kyle Filipowski, if you come back to Duke, how much more can you improve your draft stock? Now, you mentioned that next year's draft might be a little weaker than compared to this year's draft, but what's what can Kyle Filipowski gain from having a second year at Duke on the court? Not talking about off the court and NIL, which obviously that comes into the conversation with where you get selected and how much money you would make in that draft slot compared to um, the, the money you could get in terms of NIL as the star player for the Duke Blue Devils, which which is is you would imagine that's quite quite a hefty number. No but kidding. It, it, it's can you, how much can you improve your draft positioning or your draft uh, your draft profile coming back? Like obviously he can improve as a three point shooter. Um, can you really improve athleticism that much at this stage in your career? I don't think so. Maybe lateral quickness, defensive capabilities. Can he improve that? Sure. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest question that he has to weigh with John Shire and the coaching staff and his family and, and agencies and all that stuff is if you return to Duke, what is the biggest positive for you? Like how can you improve to show these NBA teams, Hey, this is what I can really do with some more coaching and some more experience. Yeah. uh, That's the questions that I'm sure he and his family are asking that John Shire is a part of those conversations as well. Uh, in regards to what does that look like if if Filipowski comes back? What does it look like if he ultimately declares? I, I can tell you one thing. I think all Duke fans just want the decision. We want it now. We've been waiting long enough. Uh, you got to go back to last Thursday. Last Thursday, uh, we learned that Mark Mitchell was returning, and we have not heard any roster updates from Duke since. Derek Lively II also has a decision to make. We'll ponder his decision when we return here on Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you so much for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen here today. Once again, for your second listen, go check out our podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Last night, what a fun title game that was as UConn won their fifth national championship. They now have as many titles as the Duke Blue Devils. You can also hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Final few moments here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Yeah, big picture, man. UConn has now tied Duke with the number of national championships. Yeah, man. I mean, as as you know, I'm I'm big in the Big East as well. Um, follow the Big East, cover the Big East, and yeah. this, this team was dominant, man. They had about a three week stretch in January where they really struggled, but other than that, it it was pure dominance. I mean, what they did in the non conference this year was was you don't see that stuff before. They won every single non Big East game they played, and they won it by at least ten points in every single game. They ran through the NCAA tournament like they were a hot knife through butter. <laughs> um, it, it was impressive, and and this is a discussion for another time. But I'm right there. UConn's a blue blood, man. They are a blue blood. Five national championships since 1999. Nobody else can even come close to that number um, from that time period. So it, it's it's impressive, and 
and yeah, that was that was something special. And UConn's a blue blood. Yeah, earlier this week, I got a chance to listen to Coach K, Mike Shashevsky on the Colin Coward podcast. He was asked that same question. This was even before UConn won their fifth title, whether or not uh, the Huskies were a blue blood. And Coach K was uh, almost insulted that the question would even be asked because mm-hmm. uh, in his eyes, of course, they're a blue blood with the dominance that they've had as a program and all the uh, postseason run-ins that Duke has had with the Huskies over the years. So congrats to them, 2023 NCAA champions. We hope the next Final Four that we see, Duke is a part of it. Uh, Duke Social is teasing us with all these decisions set to come. They're releasing GIFs, uh, gifts of, of Mark Williams eating popcorn, uh, talking about it's going to be a movie of next year's squad and what it looks like. And that brings us to the center of this year's Duke basketball Derek Lively II has yet to make a decision whether or not he will be declaring for the draft or returning for his sophomore season. I still think he ends up declaring. I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened already. Where do you sit in the Derek Lively boat right now, Kevin? Um, yeah, I think he he's declaring. Um, I think that decision is basically made already. We're just waiting for that official announcement. Um, and it's his size, his length, his athleticism – his defensive prowess, shot blocking, I think that's all too good to pass up for an NBA team. I think an NBA team will take him in the first round just because of that, and then they can develop um, his offensive skills, which is much easier to teach um, than defensive skills, um, especially at the NBA level. Like You can right. teach a player post moves and hook shots and, and all this stuff on how to position themselves for offensive rebounds underneath the basket, but – I think Derek Lively, he's going to be a first-round pick just because of his pure potential defensively that he showcased once he got healthy late in the year for Duke. What a player he was. I mean, once he did get healthy, it's like, gosh, he was skyrocketing throughout the entire season. We will always, if this is the last we've seen of him in a Duke uniform, remember that game against the Tar Heels in Cameron Indoor. Eight block shots in a Duke-UNC game. I mean, just dominance all the way around. Uh, A block shot of Derek Lively's was featured in one shining moment last night after the championship. There was a Duke clip of, uh, of Lively blocking shots. So I, I think the defense would certainly love to see Lively back on next year's squad. It just feels like that's a long shot. Although, like I said, the longer this plays out, the more confusion that's going to take place. Like maybe there is a chance that Lively comes back for a sophomore season. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest question on the Duke roster right now is that center position because – you look at the players coming in and you, you have tall forwards of Mackenzie and Baco and Sean Stewart, who I think both listed at six, eight, but that's not going to, you're not really going to play them at center um, in the ACC, unless you're going yeah. with a really small ball lineup. Um, Kyle Filipowski, if he returns, feels like he's more of a four than a five, but obviously at seven foot, you could put him at the five, but you would have concerns defensively. Ryan Young expected to be back, but you want him to take that next step in his development. But I don't know if you want him, um, starting at center and playing, what, upwards of 30 minutes per game. Um, so I, I, if Derek Lively does, in fact, declare, which is the major expectation, I think the center position is going to be the biggest question mark for the rest of the offseason for Duke. And I'd expect John Shire to try and um, maybe get another veteran big man in the transfer portal to pair alongside Ryan Young at that center position. Let me put you on the hot seat real quick and, and set you up for success here. We teased it a little bit ago, but parting thoughts here – Obviously, these decisions have to be made. Now that the college basketball season has concluded, a lot of people 
are going to be watching the professional game with just three or four games left for every single team in the regular season prior to the start of the postseason. What are some of those NBA postseason storylines with Duke aspects, the Duke goggles on that you're looking at, Kevin? I think the the biggest one right now is in the Eastern Conference, and I think it's going to be the battle between Jason Tatum and, and the Boston Celtics and Grayson Allen and the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, obviously, you say Grayson Allen and the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's really Giannis and the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks. We got to give love to the Duke guy. Yeah, I mean he is he is a starter on this Milwaukee Bucks team, but I think that's going to be your Eastern Conference um, Finals. Um, it I think could be a great series. Um, Jason Tatum it fell off a little bit, but he was right there in the MVP conversation alongside Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Um, one team I am excited to watch in the playoffs is R.J. Barrett and the New York Knicks. Um, they're really, really fun team to watch. Obviously, they're hoping to get Julius Randle back in the fold because it looks like they're going to play Cleveland in the first round. Um, but, yeah, it should be exciting. But I think Duke will ha- certainly have at least one player in the finals because I think they'll get it out of the East because I think it's going to be Boston and Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals this year. Yeah, that's awesome. There are so many different players to be watching come postseason time. You, you look at the Western Conference. Uh, of course, you've got the Memphis Grizzlies come to mind with Tyus Jones and playoff moments that he's had. And I'm already, you know, you've got so many guys on the move. Luke Kennard now playing with the Grizzlies post-trade yep. deadline. Mason Plumley there with the Clippers this season and their postseason run set up. I'm thinking about those teams towards the top. You look at a Denver, a Phoenix, a Sacramento. We need more Duke representation on those teams. I will shout out Jack White is on the roster, a two-way contract for the Denver Nuggets, uh, but some of those big teams at the top of the West, we need we need more uh, Duke representation. Yeah, that's true, but hey, in the Western Conference, one team that's not going to make the playoffs, the San Antonio Spurs, but Trey Jones getting his first career triple-double on Sunday night for the Spurs, so that was a big time to watch for him. He, I mean, the Spurs in a major rebuild right now, but he's yeah. carved out a role there as their, their starting point guard, and obviously a uh, triple-double uh, and an overtime win over the Sacramento Kings on Sunday night. So that was big time for him. We were uh, we were thinking that we would see Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic come postseason oh. time with uh, Kyrie wearing yeah. that Dallas uniform, but that uh, looks like they're on the outside looking in in terms of making that happen. A, a historic collapse. Yeah, um, crazy. Them. I think I saw a graphic. I might have the date wrong, but like say on February 10th, they had a 96% chance at making the playoffs. And I think I, saw, I, think I might have saw it yesterday, two days ago, like on April 1st. They have a whatever it was like a four percent chance of making the playoffs. It Unbelievable! Was, it just flipped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, a historic collapse for uh, for Dallas. Not great to see. All right, well, Kevin, it's always good to catch up with you from time to time. Appreciate you stopping by once again here on the show today, and uh, look forward to your next visit as well. Thanks for being here. Thanks, JJ. That's Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, joining us here on the show. Go check out their work. BallDurham.com, Ball underscore Durham on Twitter. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and Good day.